In this week's programme, we talk to Gabby Lewis, who is co-CEO at ExoProtein. Now, ExoProtein are responsible for cricket-based ExoBars. Yes, you heard me right. They contain cricket flour. When he's not on duty at ExoProtein, Gabby can be found in the gym, training as a competitive powerlifter. Gabby was born in Israel and raised in Scotland and moved to the US to attend Brown University, where he developed his passion for all things insect. So let's join Alan and Gabby in the studio now to find out why we can and maybe should be eating crickets. Good morning, Gabby, um, and welcome to the Low Carb Paleo Show. You and I met at the Paleo FX Austin 2014, and uh, I was really intrigued about your product, being that I'm always intrigued with new ideas. I have to admit that thinking about eating bugs and stuff, you know, I was a little cautious, and, but I'm a curious guy. And in many ways, actually. So I got, I actually dared to taste a little piece. And it tasted good. Then I tasted another one. And that was it. That was hooked. So for me, what worked for me going beyond the cricket part was the fact that it tasted great. And I think that's your selling point in, in all of these. So I want to welcome you to our show. And do you want to give us a little background, you and your partner? Yeah, firstly, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. My background is I grew up in Scotland and I came to the US around five years ago to study at Brown University, where I studied mathematical economics and philosophy. And while there, I met a guy named Greg Sevitz, who was studying neuroscience and creative nonfiction writing. And the two of us started working on this idea together as a side project. The, the mission of our company, which is called EXO, is to normalize the consumption of insects. And so the overarching argument is that insect protein is exceptionally nutritious and very sustainable. So the two of us started working this idea together during our final year of college, around a year and a half ago, and then launched formally right after graduating exactly a year ago. So what was your path from studying at Brown into creating your ExoBar? So while I was studying at Brown, I was absolutely obsessed with fitness, nutrition. I was crossfitting, I was competing in powerlifting, and I realized that, to be blunt, most protein bars suck. The majority of them are really just candy bars disguised as health food, and those that are actually good for you, they tend to taste pretty horrific. So I decided as a side project to start making my own. So I would combine almond butter with some dried fruits and raw cacao and coconuts. And at the time, I was using some whey protein isolates, experimenting with hemp and various proteins. And I was just trying to create a better protein bar. And then Greg, who became my co-founder of EXO, happened to attend a conference at MIT on climate change and resource scarcity. And somebody there was talking about how the population is growing so fast and we're going to be unable to feed ourselves into the future. However, there is this one protein source which is very underutilized and requires a fraction of the resources compared to any other protein source, and that's insects. So Greg came back from this conference, and we were roommates at the time, and he saw me making these protein bars, and he said, what if we put insects in there? And... Like anyone, when you first hear that idea, I thought he was crazy. And I was like, why would we eat insects? That's disgusting. It makes no sense. 
But he started convincing me and he started explaining to me that insects are a complete protein with all the essential amino acids. Crickets, for example, have twice the iron of beef gram for gram, more calcium than milk gram for gram. So they're really unbelievably healthy. And of course, they're very sustainable. So crickets produce 80 times less methane than cattle. They require a fraction of the land, feed and resources that any other protein source requires. So it all just made sense and this light bulb went off and we started incorporating crickets into my protein bars. So the first step was we ordered 2,000 live crickets from a farm in Louisiana and we learned online how we could process those crickets into a kind of basic protein powder. And you basically freeze them, you roast them at a low temperature to remove the moisture and you grind them up. And what you have is this powder that's around 70% protein by dry weight, all the essential amino acids, high omega-3s, iron, calcium. And we put that into my bars. And we served them to some friends. We took them to a local CrossFit gym. And we got just this amazing feedback from everyone and very little of the kind of gross out factor that we were expecting. And so at that point, we realized maybe there's something here. And so when we graduated from college a couple of months later, we launched a Kickstarter campaign and we tried to receive pre-orders and we succeeded in receiving around $55,000 worth of pre-orders from over 1,200 individuals in less than 30 days. And there, there's your proof of concept. So at that point, we were like, all right, let's make it real. Let's turn this into a business. And so we did. Kickstarter is a great marketing way to, to figure out if there's a market for your product. It's the best way. I mean, you see if people are willing to pay for it, and that's all the validation you need. Yeah, yeah, because at that time, uh, you didn't have any followers whatsoever. It was a brand new idea. So for people to pick up on this concept and and actually be willing to put money behind it, that's pretty cool, um, as you say, confirmation that the idea is going to work. Absolutely, and we had no idea it was going to work. I mean, we set a goal of $20,000 of pre-orders and we met that goal in less than three days and then went on to triple that goal. So it far exceeded our expectations. It was a very exciting few weeks. Yeah, I'm sure. How did you come up with the name? Well, actually, it's a funny story. Initially, the company was called Intel. Entomophagy is the study of insect consumption. Entomology, the study of insects. However, we couldn't get the trademark for Intel in Europe and didn't want to limit ourselves solely to the US forever. So we had to change our name and we were trying to find kind of a short, snappy name that had some kind of relation to what we were doing, but it didn't have to be explicit. And the exoskeleton is what defines an insect. It's a kind of outer chitinous layer of the insect. And so we came up with exo, short for exoskeleton, but also just a nice, short, snappy name that sounds kind of fitnessy that people can get behind. Nice. Thank you. It's a good name, actually. Catchy. Yeah, 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 it's short to the point, and it actually, for people that know a little bit about this kind of things, uh, it actually describes your product pretty much. Right. Yes. Gives, gives people a bit of ownership, doesn't it? Because, you know, if, if they know, they're in the know. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of the, the other, the, the layer beneath that they kind of they feel like they discovered it. Can you tell us about your line of product? I believe you have three different flavors now. Yeah, we currently have three flavors all of which have a nut butter base. So one is almond butter based, one is cashew butter based. The third, which, sorry, isn't paleo, is a peanut butter base. 
and we combine those nut butters with dried fruits and a variety of spices. So the, the cacao nut, for example, is almond butter, dates, coconut, touch of raw honey, some sea salt, and crickets, of course. Yeah, yeah. And so all three, all three bars are pretty nutritionally dense, so they're fairly high calorie, high fat, and the nut butters. You'll have 10 grams of protein, which is a complete protein, animal quality protein, all the essential amino acids, and around 13, 14 grams of sugar per bar from the dried fruits and the raw honey. I like the chocolate, but my favorite is the cashew ginger. I love ginger, so... Yeah, and, that's actually my favorite too. It's the most savory, the least sweet. Yes, yes. And uh, I agree with you that the, uh, peanut, the peanut butter is now paleo, so well. We'll keep that in mind for the people listening out there. It is, it is most people's favorite, though. It, it, it tastes exactly like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So if you're looking for a slightly healthier version, still gluten-free. I have a silly question for you, Gabby. How many crickets are there per bar? There are roughly 40 crickets per bar, or zero. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of creepy crawlies it's, in there. A lot of crickets. <laughs> However, they are ground into a fine flour. So there are no legs, no antennae, nothing whatsoever that would let you know that you're eating crickets. Just this I fine, fine butter. I kind of miss the crunchy from the legs. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, there, there's some crunch from the nuts in there. So you can okay, pretend like if you wanted to. Right. Uh, are your bars uh, organic and uh, GMO-free? They are, yeah. Not every single one of our ingredients is currently certified organic. We're actually going through the process of figuring out what it means for a cricket to be organic. So our crickets are fed a certified organic feed. However, there are no guidelines yet for the raising of crickets in an organic manner in terms of how much light they get and whether they're allowed to roam freely in the outdoors. All these regulations that exist for organic cows, for example, don't really apply to crickets, but that's like the closest thing there is. So right. it's, it's a pretty funny process figuring this out. You know, they're free roaming, grass-fed, you know, all that. <laughs> <laughs> Omega-3 enriched. No, I mean, actually, our crickets are not grass-fed right now, and crickets are omnivores in nature. So right. it's not like cows where they should be eating grass, and then you feed them grains, and it screws up their insides and destroys the Omega-3 to 6 balance. Crickets, actually, you can feed them grains, and it doesn't destroy the, the fatty acid co composition because they are omnivores and they have evolved to eat pretty much anything, even each other, actually. Speaking of uh, beef comparing to crickets or, or crickets to beef, what are the advantages of crickets over beef in the sense of nutrition content, environment, benefits, and so on and so forth? Sure. So I'd first like to say I'm by no means arguing that the world should stop eating beef and just eat insects all the time. So what we're trying to do is not to create a world where everyone sees insects every day. We're trying to create a world where insects are a viable alternative to beef, to soy, to hemp, to chicken, to whatever. Um, so we're just suggesting it as a kind of supplement to whatever you're, you're already eating. To compare it to beef directly, crickets are a higher percentage protein by dry weight. And it's a comparable quality protein, so the amino acid profiles are pretty similar. In terms of micronutrients, by dry weight, crickets have twice the iron of beef. So they're definitely as good as or better than beef as a protein source. In terms of the environment, 
um, they really trump beef there pretty much on every level. So crickets produce 80 times less methane than cattle. They require, I think, around 10 times less feed than cows do to yield an equal quantity of protein. And if you combine the fact that they need less feed and less water, require less space, and produce less methane, then the UN estimates that taking all of that into account, it is 20 times more efficient to raise a cricket for protein than beef in terms of resources that go in and grams of protein that come back out. So it's really a, a superfood on every level. So it's a good, uh, very good product for us to eat uh, as far as source of protein, but it's also very good for the environment as well. Correct. It's good for everyone. That's great. That's great. That's all we want. Um, we had uh, talked to one of your competitors uh, a couple of days ago, and in in my mind, he has the best quality, uh, uh, you know, other than crickets, protein bar. But when I hear what you say about cricket, it makes a lot of sense as well. So I like I like that. Yeah. It's just an alternative. So you have three flavors right now. Do you, do you, are you planning new flavors? Are you have something else uh, brewing uh, right now, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, we have a lot brewing right now. We are doing R&D in a variety of new flavors, which we're pretty excited about. We'll probably release two new flavors within the next couple of months. And we're also working on some more savory bars, as well as a few other products down the line, which I'll keep you in the loop. As a chef, I was, uh, I was intrigued by the fact that you hire a chef to create nutritional and the taste profile. I think that was a great idea. Who is your chef and how did you find him? Sure. So we realized that if we are to be successful in convincing people to eat insects, then they have to taste delicious. And taste is number one. Um, so we thought, all right, how do we go about making these bars delicious? I have no background in cooking. My co-founder doesn't either. So we tried to find the best chef we could. And through a friend of a friend, we were put in touch with a chef named Kyle Connaughton, who was previously the head chef of R&D at the Fat Duck in England, which for a few years was actually ranked the number one restaurant in the world. And so he had actually experimented with insects in the past. And... More broadly, insects have been kind of percolating in the fine dining world for several years now. So Noma in Copenhagen, which is currently the number one restaurant in the world, regularly serves a cricket soy sauce, for example. And so he came at this from a culinary and fine dining perspective, was very excited about the idea, and joined our team. And so he's head of product development and R&D on the cricket flour and its various applications. And he has been successful in making these bars delicious, which is as I said, key in changing hearts and minds around this new protein source. It's interesting that you would actually have a chef as a consultant to create uh, that flavor. I have, a, I have a product idea for you. It's free. I'm, I won't charge for it. How about, uh, <laughs> how about uh, roasted cricket coffee? Would that work? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll become rich off that. Okay. I paid you for it. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to send me a little percentage my way. I'll send you a T-shirt. How about that? Uh, oh, I was hoping more for a little more than that, but I'll take the T-shirt <laughs> and, and a few bars. It might sound a sort of a, uh, a daft question, but is all of the cricket used? All of the cricket is used. Yeah, yes, so ev everything basically. Everything, everything. 
And it's basically just protein, healthy fats and fibre. Mm. It would be difficult to fill it a cricket anyway, wouldn't it, I suppose? <laughs> it's a very small <laughs> knife and fork, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that was that was just a, a bit of idle curiosity. <laughs> yeah, we get asked that a lot, though. It's a good question. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I mean, on, on a sort of a, um, a more personal note, I mean, what, what turned you on to the sort of the paleo lifestyle in the first place? Well, firstly, it just made logical sense, right? So all the arguments are pretty sound and it's not a fad. It's not kind of a new, a new diet, even though it's called that. It's just the way we were supposed to eat. So that resonated with me. And then on a more practical level, I've never enjoyed the bread or the rice or whatever the accompaniment is. Mm. I enjoy... The, the main part of the meal. I enjoy the meats, the crickets, or the, the fish, or, or the vegetables. And so it was a fairly simple change for me to start eating um, in line with this lifestyle and didn't really involve any sacrifices. So how, how long have you been eating and living paleo yourself? I'd say I started, I probably didn't call it paleo at the time. And I probably started eating this way maybe four or five years ago, kind of 80, 20. Mm-hmm. And it's gradually become closer to maybe 95.5 over the past five years. And so now I am mostly paleo, let's call it paleo plus beer and whiskey is kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> You're also a bodybuilder, so that probably has an uh, influence on uh, what you eat as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I've done some competitive powerlifting, yeah. And so I eat, I do eat a lot of sweet potatoes, occasional, occasionally white potatoes and sometimes rice as well so maybe i break it there depending on what your rules are mm. well yeah i mean if you follow the 80 20 you're definitely yeah. well into into right. the parameters yeah following on from sort of your change to paleo what have you noticed has been the biggest difference in the way that you you feel and your health and that sort of thing the biggest changes for me are probably in my energy levels and mood and the inevitable kind of um, more steady state of energy you get when you're not having oats for breakfast, for example, mm-hmm. and instead you're having eggs and bacon and avocado, which is what I usually have in the morning. Right. So that's definitely the biggest difference. Um, and then obviously probably slightly better body composition and, and physique, but it's more about the mood to me. That's the biggest change that I've noticed. Excellent. Excellent. Right. I have another silly question that just popped in my mind. Uh, how many pounds of cricket can you power lift? How many pounds of cricket? I can deadlift, well, let's see. A year ago, I could deadlift 495 pounds of cricket at 160 pound body weight. So let's say I'm still wow. around. That's, that's impressive. Quite, quite impressive, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of crickets right there. Yeah. I mean, do, do you find sort of as you, as you are someone who's sort of living and eating the paleo life that you've got, a bit of an edge over athletes who, who are following, for want of a better way of putting, a more conventional um, bodybuilding diet. Definitely. I mean, I, so to be clear, like I'm not a bodybuilder, right? I'm no. not trying to maximize muscle mass. And I think if I was a bodybuilder, mm. I probably would want more carbs, especially after workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but for what I'm doing, which is just trying to be strong, live a very efficient, productive life, um, and have like superior levels of concentration, mm-hmm. I think avoiding the various kind of highs and lows of your blood sugar and just staying focused throughout the day, which is a result of following paleo lifestyle, mm. that definitely gives me an edge day to day. I mean, because you've changed to 
the paleo way of eating fairly recently within the last five years. I'm hoping it's going to be quite clear in your mind the changes that you've gone through and, and the steps that you've gone through. If you could go back to when you first started and tell yourself to do something differently, would there be anything that you'd tell the five years ago you? Probably not. I mean, I, I mean, it sounds arrogant to say no, but it, it, I did it very gradually, which I think is the right way to do it. Right. A lot of people... A lot of people tell you to just like eliminate everything for a month and go really hardcore and then try and introduce things back in, which kind of shocks a lot of people and probably scares them off of the diet. What I did was like, I cut out bread and I ate no bread for a few months. And then I cut out pasta for a couple of months and then rice and then dairy, which didn't really feel like I was making any major changes to my lifestyle. And then within a year, I was pretty much entirely paleo. And I'd never been shocked into it. Mm. And I'd never felt the pressure to kind of run away from it because it was too hard. Because I made it gradual. And so counter to kind of conventional wisdom of doing an extreme 30-day plan, yeah. I actually think going into gradually is a, is a far superior way to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it sounds very reasonable, very European as well, to move into <laughs> progressively. Americans, they like to do it like uh, the whole way, you know. Uh, go big or go home, yeah. Cold turkey, uh, you know, go all the way, and then uh, you know, after a few weeks, people give up because it's too hard. So, in yeah. in in similar, my experience is similar to you that uh, I discovered I was allergic to gluten, so I started dropping out, you know, breads and croissants and danishes and pastries, and uh, and then eventually, when um, a friend of mine told me about the paleo diet, then it was like, of course. Makes sense. And that's how right. progressively, again, started eliminating rice and other grains. And, and it's, it's all fine. I didn't feel I had to make an, uh, you know, uh, big efforts to move from one end to the other. But it did take me a couple of years. But, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm missing anything, really. I feel the same way. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, obviously, I mean... With the, the brilliant product that you've got, people are going to want to try it. They're going to want to know how to get hold of the products. What's the best way for them to get hold of the products and, and to get hold of you for that matter? Yeah, the best way to find the product is through our website, which is www.exo.co. That's exo.co. And yeah, your, your listeners should feel free to reach out to me. My email is gabby, G-A-B-I, at exo.co. And happy to chat with anyone who's interested in learning more. I know Alan met you at the, was it the uh, Paleo FX? It was, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you sort of speak in other places? Are you going to be speaking anywhere else this year? Um, I have no plans to yet, but I'm sure I will. Well, thank you, Gabby, again for being with us. And uh, thank you for taking the time to be on. And I know you guys are already very successful, so I can only wish you even more success thanks again for being on the show thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure